God's not offended by our doubt. I'm offended at your stupid beard that you always wear. <laughs> Look who's got a beard now, though. Yeah, but mine's supposed to be like a regular man beard. Scruffy. It's it, My beard is, I've given up. Your beard is, well, I'm... I'm I'm a theologian. I'm a... Yes, exactly. Yeah. Sorry to go Swept off topic. if you've given up. <laughs> Welcome to Talkin' Truth, the podcast that brings together conservative pastor Brian Clark and famous comedian Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy. I hope this ain't gonna be a disaster. Oh boy, here we go. They'll be talking truth about the Bible and life. Now let's join Brian for today's look at God's Word, followed by conversation and a little fun with Brian, Dan, and today's guest, Pastor Nat Crawford. Now, here's Brian. Why is there something rather than nothing. Did the universe self-create, or is there an intelligent designer, a creator behind what is today? Our text for discussion today is Genesis 1, 1 through 23. The first five words in the Bible are, in the beginning God created. Now either that's true, or it's not. What you believe about the first five words of the Bible will determine your worldview and the lens through which you view everything else in the world. We'll come back to that in just a minute. One good question people ask about Genesis 1 is how could the writer have known what really happened? I mean, it's not like he was there in the beginning. That's an important question, which establishes a basic truth for how we view the Bible. The Bible claims to be God's revelation to us, divinely inspired, God breathed. So we do not believe the Bible is a collection of people's opinions. We believe the writers were moved by the Spirit of God to write exactly what God wanted written. Therefore, God told the writer of Genesis, likely Moses, to write exactly what he wanted written. Yes, the writer wasn't there, but God was, and he knows the truth. What follows in Genesis 1 is a description of the six days of creation and what was created on each day. Now, there's a lot of discussion about whether or not the days in Genesis 1 are meant to be taken as six literal 24-hour days or more figuratively. Did God create in six days or was it more of a process over time? It's helpful to know there are biblical scholars and scientists whose opinions vary widely on this question. Some believe Genesis 1 is describing six literal 24-hour days of creation. This is the position I would take. I don't conclude this because I'm a scientist. I'm not. I conclude this because this seems to be the most natural way to read this text. But there are also many scientists who believe this also makes the most sense from a scientific point of view. But there's other Bible scholars who love Jesus and hold a high view of the Bible who believe the days of Genesis are more figurative and the creation of God was more of a process over time. And there are many scientists that believe that makes the most sense of the science. It's important to understand not only do Bible scholars not agree, but neither do the scientists. It's simply not true to say all scientists agree on the origins of the universe. They don't. So this is not a faith versus science or religion versus science discussion. Some of the best scientists throughout history have been Bible-believing Christians. 
There's no tension or conflict between the Bible and science. Rather, we're on a quest to better understand the truth, and sometimes we have to wrestle with these differences along the way. There is certainly room under the umbrella of Christianity for disagreement on various issues, including the best way to understand the six days of creation. The rest of Genesis 1 records each day of creation and what specifically was created on each day. We're not going to spend time looking into all these details on this show. The real point in the opening chapter of Genesis is that there is a God, and he is the creator of the universe. This is where the story begins. So a good question to wrestle with is, do you believe the first five words of the Bible are true? How you answer that question will determine the foundation of your worldview. It's the lens through which you see and interpret the world around you. For example, let's take the question, is there meaning and purpose to life? If you believe the universe self-created through some sort of cause and effect process, then there is no real meaning to life. Of course, you'd have to explain how the universe could self-create if it didn't already exist. But more than that, you'd have to conclude there is no purpose. You are nothing more than a product of chance through some sort of an impersonal process. Beliefs have consequences. I believe this is why there is so much despair and hopelessness in the world today. If we're here by chance, then there is no real meaning to life. But if the first five words of Genesis are true, that changes everything. You have been created on purpose for a purpose. There is meaning to life. You do matter. What we believe about our origins impacts what we believe about pretty much everything, such as relationships, marriage, sex, race, gender, the environment, end-of-life issues, and so much more. This is not an insignificant issue. So is there a creator God or not? According to Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created. So let's bring in Dan and Nett, and let's talk about this too. All right, guys, in the beginning, God created. Hmm. Either that's true or it's not true. Right. Well, let, let me let me start off by saying, first of all, I am not, look, I'm just a regular guy. I'm an entertainer that loves Jesus. I want to learn more. I'm learning as much as I can. You guys are the theologians here. So I am going to have a few questions. I I, I think when uh, you say that uh, uh, there's no bigger question, I completely agree with that. It completely changes your course of your life. Even when I was uh, living my life and I was backslidden and I still knew, I still knew the teachings of Jesus. I, I could tell when I was going down the wrong paths I can, I, if, if I didn't believe those words were true from the very beginning on when I was taught it, I wouldn't even know that I, that I was heading in certain directions. So that is so important, those first five words. That is, that is a true statement. It literally changes your entire 
outlook on everything that you do. And even when you're going in the wrong direction, you are able to recognize it. Now, a lot of people push it away, but deep down in, you know that you're not doing the right things. So that is that is definitely a uh, uh, wise words those 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 five words i do have a, a question uh people that are trying to learn the bible and you, you always have people that doubt and question um i'm i'm past that phase i don't doubt and question but it's little things like uh moses wrote this but they're really not are they are they absolutely sure it was moses was it moses yeah so it's a great question so the, the old testament is a little more difficult than the new testament for identifying absolutely who some of the writers were because it was an oral culture. Things typically weren't written down. Uh, there's a process of editing. Could it have been Gene Hackman? Well, I, <laughs> highly I think unlikely. that's probably unlikely. Highly unlikely. <laughs> Larry King, perhaps. <laughs> oh, that's pretty <laughs> But I think the thing we would have certainty around is the Bible claims to be the Word of God. Right. And, and whatever human instruments God used— uh, I think God uh, breathed through them the the words that he wanted recorded. And I think we have a lot of reasons to believe what we have is an accurate record of what God ri- wanted written down. Right. Mm-hmm. So he gave, yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm in that camp as well. I'm just, because you hear when you have discussions about this, people, well, how do you know it's really Moses? The Bible doesn't say it was surely Moses. But that's when you just have to say, well, you know, all the scholars agree. So if you have so many people agreeing that it was. Right. And I think nowadays with textual criticism and all these <clears throat> new opinions, um, it, it sounds enticing and it sounds interesting. But the reality is, you know, you have to ask the question, is this based on reality or is this just a theory? And history continues to point back to the truthfulness of Scripture, also what these scholars have affirmed over time. But back to what you were saying about God and, you know, in the beginning, God created that that starting point. Uh, everything does flow from it. And the reality is you look around, uh, people, they deny that God exists, but they're suppressing the truth, as Romans says. His thumbprint is everywhere. Right. Everywhere you look, from the newborn baby to the sky to the trees to the wall. I mean, everywhere. And so it's so overwhelming that this would even be a topic of discussion or right. debate. Absolutely. You know, and, and what I bet, what I noticed as well is – they go out of their way to disprove the Bible constantly through archaeology and science. And the more they dig, the more they confirm it's true. That's exactly right. <laughs> I mean, and I think they get very frustrated with that because they're trying to prove that it doesn't exist. They can't do it. Right. Yep. And an alternate explanation is not a refutation. We have to remember that just because people have different opinions, it doesn't change the truthfulness of, of the object, right? That's Absolutely. That's objective truth. Um, but, you know, you were talking about the whole uh, discussion of, of age of the universe and, you know, you take a uh, literal creation, you know, six literal creation days. And I find it interesting that this is such a heated topic amongst both Christians and nonbelievers and Christians. When I spoke at the University of Nebraska, uh, one of the students came up to me and said, hey, you know, how old is the universe? And I said, well, do you have a Bible? No. OK, well, let me turn to Genesis 1.1. And I said – Okay, I'm going to read this to you, and I want you to answer the question for me. And I said, in the beginning, God created. And I said, how old's the universe? And they go, I don't know. I go, I don't know either. Frankly, it doesn't matter. Right. What I do know, again, is that God created it. 
The universe has not existed eternally. That doesn't make sense. We don't see that today. Pop cans don't appear out of nowhere. You know, cars don't appear out of nowhere. So the universe had to have had a beginning. Who cares when it was? Right. Much like you, Brian, I hold to the six literal uh, uh, creation day account. But even if I didn't, who cares? God created it, and that changes everything. Yeah, I never th- wondered why that was such a big stickler either, whether it was six days or six. Uh, you're not denying that God created the universe. Right. You're not denying that. Right. God's day and our day, are they are they the same? Are they different? I mean, when you're creating the I mean, I'm not God. Right. I mean, we're trying to we're trying to become God, and it, I don't. I'm with you. I don't think it matters. Right. You know, it, for instance, like later on when Adam uh, and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, mm-hmm. and God said, "On this day, you will die." Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't die that day. You know, they died later. Mm-hmm. So obviously he didn't mean a day. At least a physical death, a right? A physical death. Yeah, so they died they died spiritually. spiritually. Yeah, right. they died spiritually. Yeah. And I think people don't understand the difference between physical and spiritual a lot of times. Oh, and a lot of times they don't even recognize that there is a difference. Um I think majority of people honestly in their in their heart of hearts do recognize it. That's why they're so in interested in supernatural and ghost stories and, you know, the, these things are outside of us. So they can say, oh, there isn't a soul or that part doesn't exist. At the end of the day, again, it's suppressing the truth of God. They have to know. And I think that's why they're so inquisitive about these things. Don't you think, Brian? Yeah, I think so. You, you know, I can imagine people saying, well, I'm, I'm not an atheist. I think there is a God. But I think the Psalms refer to what I call the is a practical atheist, hmm. and that's they've said in their heart, no God. They're not saying there is no God. They just don't want God butting into their lives. Mm-hmm. God has no practical reality right. in how they live their lives and the decisions they make. And I'm guessing way more people fall into the category of a practical atheist. They're, they're not arguing whether God exists but they really don't want God butting yeah, into their affairs. Yeah, that's kind of like, didn't Christopher Hitchens say that? It's like, didn't he say that? He goes, look, I, they're, they're, at the end, he basically said, hey, there might be. Right. I don't want it. Right. I don't want it. Right. Yeah. Well, and the sad thing is, I think that describes a lot of you know Christians by name. They like the notion of God, but they don't want to actually follow what he has to say, unfortunately. Right. That's a big problem today. So they function as atheists. But they show up on Sunday. Sunday Morning Atheist, I think, was the name of a book, you know. And I thought, man, that really describes – that described me for a time in my life, you know, where I went to church on Sunday, showed up for Pastor Clark, red-eyed. You know, I mean, holy smokes. Thankfully, God slapped me upside the head and got me back on track. Mm-hmm. You know, I have pictures of some of that stuff. I know you I was do. I with you. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. No. Come on. No, what happens in Vegas stays on the iPhone. That's exactly Picture. right. That's right. <laughs> Well, what about – okay, you, you said something about doubt and I actually want to piggyback off that. You said you don't doubt anymore. I, I'm going to disappoint you. I still doubt. Well, hold on. I don't doubt when we're talking about Genesis and God created. Okay. I don't doubt that kind of stuff. Oh, I don't it. doubt that uh, – no, I – doubting is good. Yep. If, doubting makes you dig more into the, to the scriptures. Yes. Doubting is good. I mean, a lot of the great biblical heroes were doubters. 
Oh, yeah. And I think that's the cool thing about the Bible. And for people that aren't knowledgeable about the Bible but want to learn about the Bible, and I think that's why God picked these people because he wants us to know, look, you're never going to be perfect. You're never going to do this. You're never going to be able to attain perfection. And I think that's why God has picked these doubters and these uh, uh, people there whose lives were completely mm. messed up, right? Showing us that that's you know it's it's not about being perfect. Yep. You know, it's about just your relationship yep. with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think people that are trying to discover what true Christianity is, I think that they think it's this Christianity where you're a robot and you have to go to church 24 hours a day and sing under his wings every 15 minutes. It's not like that at what? all. It's not like that. This is why I'm glad I'm doing this show. I want, I want, I want people to understand that. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's the most freeing thing on the planet. Right. You know, but but doubting is good. No. If people I, I had this conversation with my kids the other day. My kids, we have a little devotional at night and my daughter is always sad because but I just don't I doubt and I always tell her, that's good. Right. Doubting is good. God wants you to ask questions. Right. He wants you to learn about him. So if you're out there today and you're doubting it's not a bad thing. Right. God's not offended by our doubt. He's, he's, he's offended by our rebellion and rejection of truth. But God is there to reveal himself, and he has revealed himself in his word. I'm offended at your stupid beard that you always wear. Well, look who's got a beard now, though. <laughs> yeah, but mine's supposed to be like a regular man beard. Scruffy. It's, it, my beard is I've given up. Your beard is well. I'm. I'm. I'm a theologian. I'm a yes. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry to go Swept off topic. If you've given up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's, hey, what yeah. are you wearing? You're not even wearing pants. <laughs> I wear the same. You do not want to be in this room right now. All right. This is, I'm you know, sorry. I went off topic. You know, one of the great things about Genesis are the crazy stories, the failures, the struggles. Right. I mean, it it presents these great heroes of faith, warts and all. Mm-hmm. And I think people can identify with that. Absolutely. I, I think this opening episode, the things we establish, so we're not here to argue. We're not no. here to get political. We're not here to, to, uh, to try to force somebody to believe anything. We're just simply presenting this is what we believe the Bible teaches, mm-hmm. and it's changed our lives, and right. we'd like people to know that. Exactly. Absolutely. It, it starts with there is a God, mm. and that God is the creator, and also the idea that the Spirit of God has inspired this. This isn't human opinion. Mm-hmm. We do actually believe it's the Word of God, and that kind of lays a foundation for where we're going. Mm. Absolutely. And those first five words— are very important. And uh, if you learn those first five words, then your entire life is going to change. The entire path that you take will change if you just, if you believe those first five words. Thanks for listening to Talkin' Truth. Brian and Dan will be back soon with more episodes, so be sure to subscribe. Today's Talkin' Truth is powered by Go Tandem, the free spiritual fitness app. Download Go Tandem today and get spiritually fit. Get her done.